step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The FCB Radio Network, where real talk lives. Welcome to Necessary Roughness. This is Eric E. Will Williams alongside Christy Maggard. Hey, hey. CJ Cobb. Shaking, baking, and always pump faking. Never let the haters see what you're doing. Hey. Wow. <laughs> and Darvio the Kingpin Morrow from the Outlaws Radio Show. What up? What up? What's happening? How's everybody's week? Let's start with Darvio. Oh, I knew you were going to do that, damn it. <laughs> um, it's going good. You know, it's going all right. Everything is everything. You know what I'm saying? Now let's hear never, the truth. Never a dull moment. <laughs> that is the truth. You Lauren Hill? <laughs> everything is everything. <laughs> never a dull moment. I'll put it like that. In this business, there's never a dull Not moment. Not at all. Hmm. So I'm chilling. Clinto, how was your week? Yo, you coming off mad disrespectful <laughs> once again. You thought we forgot. You said that like, I thought you was about to like do a freestyle right now. Yeah, he like, really did sound like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, well, y'all don't get that for free. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but you, What's up? Eric, you can get this size 15 for free. You keep talking like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. My weekend was good, man. You don't uh, scare me. <laughs> I don't need to scare you. I just want you to respect my gangster. <laughs> you know Should have gone deeper. Should have gone deeper. Pause. Pause. And then with your voice. I wish y'all could see it. Because look, Darby, did you catch that? She's like this. Whoop. Yeah, you are just on a bad roll right now. You with your voice. You're in timeout. <laughs> CJ, Yo, back to your week. No, no, no. We're not going to let her off that easy. First of all, earlier she said it's on like Donkey. Call. <laughs> the bomb.com. The bomb.com. How old? Ooh, never really? mind. <laughs> I'm nah, I'm all the old. Than that. Yeah, how back in the day do you go? <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. how you flip that. <laughs> well, I wanted a pager. A long I had time ago. I had one in the fifth grade. Yeah, it was full of, it was <laughs> full of candy. Wasn't True it? Story. No, I had a real I had a real Motorola one Deeper. of those clear see through joints. Yeah, I had those were ones with candy. Those no, were no dope. it was a real it was actual. I'm, I'm mad that we're going back and forth between a pager and a beeper. It's the well, same. Well, it's the same thing. I'm from the hood. I call it a pager, so you know she calls it a beeper. Let me get my beeper. <laughs> yeah, those were. So that's how old I am. That's a Facebook. Meme. Hold on, player. Somebody paging me right now. <laughs> Somebody asked how old you are. 
<laughs> I used to do that. This this was like back before everybody had cell phones and stuff. So I would like when when I would be exchanging numbers with chicks or whatever, I would give them the pager number even though I had a house phone just so they could page me. Oh yeah. Just why just would you give them any other number? That's wow. ridiculous. Yeah, you glad. always give them I'm your paper number. That. <laughs> so glad I missed so. that. How are you yeah. my age and you don't know this stuff? You didn't have that? You no, didn't have I a pager? Didn't, I didn't have a pager. Really? No, my dad did, but I'm I'm glad I, that's too much. I had one, but that's I was I was much. a kid. I was like one of the only people in school with a pager. Because, oh, look at you go. Because, you because <laughs> people didn't really have cell phones. I mean, there were car phones at that point in time, but people still used pay phones. Right. And for those of you listening that don't know what that is, you put a they were in, in public it. places. <laughs> they used to be 25 cents. Then it just, bumped then up it went to, to 30. 50. And then it went to 50. Yeah, it did. But tell them, just think of Superman. That, that thing that he goes into oh, and yes, he just... the phone booth. The phone booth. That's you know, a phone booth. That's some, a phone booth. Some were that's a phone booth, kid. Some were not. Some were just, you know... So, if, if you remember... It's a quarter and you, you can remember make a the, phone call. the commercial for, was it 1010-220? Yes. Yeah, dial right down the center, something like that. Oh, I remember a 10, 10, 3, yeah. 2, 1 or something yeah, like that. Something 10, like 10, 10 like 2, that. 20. They had the first so many 20 of minutes them, yeah. was free if it was long distance. Right, right. They come yeah, in. there hey, are a girl, couple ways. Hey, girl, let's talk for a minute. I got to call you back. And then that, yeah. that one where he, he'd call and he had to talk real fast. He's like, it's Pam had a baby eats a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I forget- call from Pam had a baby eats a boy. I oh, forgot I totally about, forgot about that. that. Yeah. So, oh, uh, my goodness gracious. But anyway, before we got sidetracked with... You know, Eric being Eric right. and me threatening to <laughs> kick him with my shoe. And Christy being old. Uh, yes. Well, uh-huh. Continue. Uh, I see you aged. A little like a, like a like wine. Like a fine wine. There you go. <laughs> uh, so my weekend was good. Speaking of wine, uh, we had a, I, I was at a wedding right. uh, for one of my old teammates, Willie McGinnis. Shouts out to him. Congratulations. And congratulations. They just got married. I don't know married. if I should say congratulations or I'm sorry. <laughs> You're Stop awful. Well, you did that last week, too. If you're with that, congratulations, because he found out also <laughs> that he is going to be having a baby boy. Oh, wow. Oh, All right, I'll awesome. give congratulations to that one. So congratulations, congratulations bro. Uh, congratulations to my guy, Terrence Moore. You used to play with him down in Orlando on that team and up here in Cleveland. He just proposed to his girlfriend, uh, so big and, out, big shout out to him. And she said, "Oh, she said yes." Oh, definitely. terrific! Y'all terrific. just trying to be miserable. Definitely. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my guy Derek Summers also has his fiance. He proposed to. He, it was just her birthday the other day, so happy Aww, birthday to her! Yeah. Congratulations! This this is wow. the season of love, I guess. Uh, but not me, because I'm a player. Can nobody <laughs> lock this tiger down? You know what I'm saying? Keep my <laughs> options open. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, on that, that note, that was my weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. Did Christy say her weekend? Did you no, say I was her going weekend? to her next. Yep. After hearing about this tiger earning his stripes. <laughs> first, first of all, I got all stripes. You about to be my third strike, and I'm about to go back to the pen. Keep talking like that. <laughs> Why did he just pose like he got jail muscles? <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Christy, how was your week? Um, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Actually, speaking of engagements and weddings and stuff like that, it's my husband and I's 10th anniversary tomorrow. Oh, so. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It's super exciting. A whole decade. Together. Jay, how do you survive so, marriage? No. Yeah. <laughs> Working out in the garage. <laughs> she kicked him out to the garage. No, no, by choice. He's like, I'll just, I'll be outside. <laughs> Any big plans? No, no, we don't really. He's not really like a celebratory person, so we don't really, we don't 
don't have anything planned. Do you but... even acknowledge it to each other? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He, he's been talking about it more than I have, but not that we were going to do anything. Just that, wow, can you believe we've been married a decade? I'm like, mm, well, I can. Yeah, I can, in fact. All right. <laughs> See you later but, tonight. I'm going to work. Yeah, <laughs> so married for a decade, but together for how long? Um, since thirteen pagers. years, I think. <laughs> yeah. not quite. No, we didn't meet until college. So, was he calling you on your beeper? <laughs> <laughs> nope, just on AIM. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. AOL, AIM instant messenger. AIM used to be the joint. Oh, yeah. that! Oh my gosh! Yes, if only you people knew. Yeah. AIM was was Facebook before Facebook. No, it was MySpace before MySpace. Yeah, but that that made it too hard to sneak and get on the computer late night because all that all the noise. Dial-up. The dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, that was that was AOL. Yeah, that was AOL. AIM, AIM didn't, have didn't have that. Oh, see, no, no. maybe I'm too young. I just well, no, AIM, AIM was the messenger service from AOL, but you didn't actually have to get on AOL to use AIM. Oh, I right. didn't know that. You just needed internet and it was just up all the time and I I, I actually, I really miss it. Like, it was my favorite part about college because you'd get back from class or practice or whatever. You'd get home and you move your mouse and you check your messages and see who was on. And Oh, and man, some of them AIM screen names were off the wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were some good ones. Look, Does anybody remember theirs? I don't remember mine. I don't remember mine. Mine was like Untouchable something something. I don't remember mine Oh, at Swim all. Chick. Swim Chick 70. <laughs> Six forty-seven, seventy-six, or something like that. It was. There were two football numbers. My boyfriend's when I signed up for it, not Jay's. It's different. <laughs> I like when I signed up for it. A long time ago. Long, long, yeah, long time. a long time ago. <laughs> it was before I even knew Jay, actually. Right. So that I dated him. But do you remember yours? E? Not at all. Probably. It probably was E. Will five one three. Probably. Nah, because I didn't get that until I was like a teenager. It's probably Big Booty MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> Big <laughs> Booty try, try Judy. Judy. <laughs> Ginger Snap. <laughs> Ginger Snap. <laughs> Ginger beard. Did you did you have a? Uh, no, I didn't have you any. Didn't of that. Even I didn't know what it was. I, wasn't, I wasn't old enough to. No, be he on didn't that come stuff. into really? it to the MySpace yeah. top eight. Yeah, my, everybody my, used to argue my, about. Why ain't I? Wait in a minute, your top did eight? you just turn thirty? Yeah, bro. Well, you were a sheltered kid. How about you be easy on that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't sheltered, man. I just didn't get on the computer all that much. Really? You know, I was I, I was forced to be outside cutting grass and <laughs> picking up loose leaf paper and picking up pine cones <laughs> and pine needles. Y'all in here? Now you just sound your, real old. Yeah. You're back in my day. Loose leaf paper. I ain't, no, I ain't no stranger to hard work now. You know cutting grass uphill both ways. Hey, I'm telling you, my dad used to knock on the window. He talked about, uh, "Hey man, grass looking kind of high out." So you know what that means. Yeah, that means yeah. I got to get, get your up. bleep up and go cut it. <laughs> oh, so I didn't. I never had that. Uh, I came into that that whole social media and internet age kind of around MySpace, MySpace, MySpace uh, Facebook. Because I didn't, I didn't have any of those even coming out of high school. Mm, so really? then once I got to college, I was like, I'm about to get wild. Like MySpace, MySpace. <laughs> Facebook, all that was. Did popular. you Did you ever had issues where like? Um, Girls that you would talk to would get in their feelings if they weren't in your top eight. Yeah, I yes. remember that. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never had a MySpace. Really? Nope. I never. Yeah, had a like women used to really get in their feelings if they weren't in your top eight. Like huh. they felt like you was trying to hide them or something. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds like a woman thing to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Mm. See, I can't say what I used to say on air because we have affiliates, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did take a really long time to get on Facebook, and my friends' peer pressure eventually wore me down and then I got on it and then I really liked it and then they opened it up to everybody and it was just kind of like 
That's, I mean, that's kind of how I was. I was very resistant to MySpace when it first came out. And then the same thing with Facebook. Like, yeah, I'm not, I literally was probably one of the last people left on MySpace (laughs) (laughs) before I finally got Facebook. You and Tom. Tom is still rocking my. You know, you can still log into your MySpace today. Do you know how much money he made when he sold? Think about this. Like, everybody knows how dead MySpace is. Tom made over $200 million when he sold uh, MySpace to Fox. Mm. Mm. So he chilling. He ain't give a damn. He like, all right, I don't care if two people on this damn thing. I got my money. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, that's, yeah. Once you get paid, it's like, who cares? I don't really I remember. Uh, I remember watching an interview, I think, with uh, Ja Rule from back in the day. And he was talking about uh, how he was at a, he was at a party with Tom when Tom had just sold the uh, the company to Fox. And he said he was drunk. He was throwing money all over the place or whatever. Because they bought it for like $236 million. Something Jeez, crazy. Pete. I don't know if I could ever do that. Like get a huge sum of money like that and just be able to just throw it. Just not care. Right. Like ah, I have $234 million left. Who cares? It's super easy though. You just you just go to the bank. You get five hundred dollars in ones, and then it just you just make <laughs> just it rain. Go. Like that's no problem. And oh, and so that are you advocating money. for us to go to the strip club, Christy? No, no, hey. I didn't say that. I'm just saying. Where else would you make it rain at? At your house. But that this oh, so you party. just make it rain on She's yourself? Really? <laughs> what do y'all do out there in the Amish country? <laughs> in I've the, never yes. seen that much money. In that would house, be like impressive. It, you never seen five hundred dollars. Well, not in all ones. <laughs> she's gonna sit there and she's gonna go get. What's the, you know what? That, she's that, gonna put fill her bathtub in hey. money and then go swimming in the money. That's actually a good question. What is the largest amount of money you've seen at one time? I like I, physical I money. I don't know. I I'd have to ask my husband. I think it was over a thousand dollars once for something. We were buying a car or something like that, and we had cash. I don't really remember. I work at a casino. I think it you can't ask me that. Well, what is the largest yeah. amount of money that you've seen? Like that you were in, like that. Was, personally? Yeah, personally. Probably about three grand. Really? Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, I'm she, sure yours is up. You're an ex-professional athlete. <laughs> Just put them out there, why don't yeah, you? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm driving around in Maseratis, private jets and stuff. <laughs> sure. You know yeah, he said he yeah. took the top off his Maybach. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? That, song actually applies, it, that song actually applies to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, uh, the most money I actually ever saw, it was, it was kind of two times. It's a little bit of a story of... First, my buddy Ricardo Matthews, shouts out to him. He's out there in San Diego right now. But when he first got uh, drafted, he was playing with the Colts for a number of years. He had a check stub uh, sent back to our apartment. I was We were living together back right. then in Cincy. Um, and it was for like $6,000. I think it was like $12,000 or something like that. And I was like, holy crap. I've never seen right. a check for that. Right. And then uh, he, told, he came back. He told me the story that Peyton Manning – he walked by his locker and a check fell out at the top of his locker and it was like for twenty thousand, fifteen thousand, something like that. Whew. And Peyton was just uh, Carter picked up, hey Peyton, you dropped this. And he was like, oh thanks. And he just tossed it back into his locker like it was like it was nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like, oh sure, yeah, whatever. That's you know my throwaway money. Holy right. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm gonna buy a whole bunch of toilet paper made That's, out of money and just use that fire fodder. <laughs> worry yeah. about that. I think the largest amount that I've seen at one time was like twenty. I think like twenty twenty five grand, something like that. Jeez. Like in cash, in cash, cash yeah. Holy cash. moly, yeah. Um, Eric, how was your week? Oh yeah, we didn't ask him. Yeah, yeah, who cares how Eric's week was? <laughs> anyway, 
not moving on from him. He's just I bitter because he's got to live with his first name. Oh. My first name is just fine. You got to live with the fact that you're so short. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, All righty. be overlooked enough, for everything. Enough bickering. <laughs> I bought uh, in rice, fruity pebbles, rice krispie treats, which are banging, by the way. Banging. Oh, Thanks, mom. You're we welcome. all, all three of us, had to put them away because we were going to give ourselves. It literally diabetes. went from one end of the studio. <laughs> I already have diabetes. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, CJ well, and I don't want it. <laughs> Wilford Brimley out here. Diabetes. The diabetes. Those are our listeners that are out there that care. Yes, I took my diabetes. Medicine yes, he did. He did. He was good. But yeah, we all were like, CJ was like, yeah, I got to move this away because I'll keep eating him. And, and then I took one that. and I'm like, you know what? I got to move this away. Uh, and yeah. then I took one more and I was like, I got to move this now away. Now there's like four more sitting over there. Just sitting in the corner. They're, They're going to get eaten. staring at everybody. <laughs> it's going to happen. No, I'm full. I'm good. I ain't Probably. taking them you, you know what? Right. You know what? I, I know where they're going to go. I'm going to take them with me. I'm going to drop them off to Sammy Cena from the Side Island Show. Oh, there you there go, because it was her idea. It was her that posted it yeah. and started all this. I'll accept payment in Starbucks. But <laughs> oh. soccer mom, we do have to go to break. We will get back to your regularly scheduled sports talk show when we come back here on Necessary Roughness. This is Darby on the Kingpin Morrow. I want you to check out my new song, Unconditional, featuring Dan Smith. I know that I'm a harshest critic. I'm just trying to deal with it. I take it back because this ain't complicated. Yo, it's simple. We all looking for something no, that's unconditional. No, no, I made my mistakes and now, but all I want is love and Get unconditional now on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Tidal, and all other major digital outlets from FCB Records. Hey, yo, welcome back to Necessary Roughness. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at NRCLE and on Facebook at Necessary Roughness Radio. Also, don't forget to go download that new FCBRadio.com app where you can check out all the shows here on FCB Radio Network. The Todd Allen Show, the Jeff Brown Show, the Outlaws Radio Show, of course, Necessary Roughness. Views from the 216. And, you know, you can check out the vibe. Vibe, FCB. Which, which plays 80s and 90s hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> and Uptown, which plays R&B. So now, we, we are going to get to some sports, you know, since we are a sports show. We are? You, promise. You, you wouldn't know last that for our last segment, but I promise you. Or the segment, or the first segment from the week before. Yeah, we, it's two weeks in a row now. May I point out that it's Eric's fault? <laughs> I always, almost, always blame it on the short, fat, white guy. I almost <laughs> said it's not my fault, because usually the chick gets blamed for when things get talky too long yeah. and I was like it's not even on me alright well before we get derailed again yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to send this one off to Darvio since he's the resident NBA guy what's the NBA playoffs looking like for us so we have we're down to the I guess you can call it final four uh, you have Houston and Golden State and the Cavaliers and the Celtics right now as of this taping uh, Golden State is up 2-1 to one. And the Cavaliers, and they're playing the night that we're taping right now. We're actually watching it as we speak. And the Cavaliers play on Wednesday, the Cavaliers and the Celtics. And that is tied 2-2. Now, I don't remember. E, I know I told you my prediction off air. Did we make predictions on air? Of that, um, I don't think round. we actually did. Yeah, I'm not sure if we did or not. But, you know, and you can vouch for me because I said Cavs and six off air. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm not surprised that the Cavaliers 
lost those first two games. Um, I'm not surprised, obviously, that they won the next two. I, right. I think Boston is a really good team, but they're too young. And the thing about the NBA and, I mean, maybe you guys can speak to the NFL, too, because I've never seen it in the NFL. It's very, very, very rare for a team that young to go all the way in their first year of being assembled as a team. That usually it just doesn't happen. So, in the NBA, when everything breaks down, especially because when you have a seven-game series, at some point there's only so much that you can adjust, right? You, you get to a certain point where – you know everything that team is going to do. That team knows everything that you're going to do. And then it's just executing at that point. And when the play breaks down, you have to go to your stars to be able to say, get a bucket for us. And Boston doesn't have that. So when things break down, they don't have anyone that you can just toss the ball to and say, go give me a bucket. They don't have a LeBron, is what exactly. you're saying. Exactly. Now, if Kyrie was healthy, Kyrie would be that guy because Kyrie can create right. his own shot. Yes. Kyrie isn't afraid of the moment. Right. You know, he and can... he's been there before. Exactly. So he's got the experience. Correct. And that makes a, that makes a huge difference in, in basketball. And huge I feel difference. like they'd be, play, be playing better on the road if yeah. Kyrie was around yes. too because the Celtics, man, in the playoffs at, you know, away games are not doing so hot. They're one no, in they're, six, I think. They're undefeated at home. But they just can't get it together at away games. Well, and that's a mark of, and I would love to get your opinion on this, but that's a mark of a young team in in the NBA. When you have a team that does well, because during the regular season, they played well on the road as well. Mm -hmm. But in the playoffs, when everything is more pressure-packed, they play horrible on the road. And part of that is them being young. You see that a lot in the NBA mm-hmm. where when the team is young, they feed off of the energy of the crowd. They play better at home than they do on the road, particularly their role players. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something to be said when you get in front of your home crowd and you're on your home court. You just, it's just you feel more comfortable there. But when you get to that away game, that's where a lot of the pressure really starts to right. get on you. Yeah, absolutely. Is when you're in the – you know, hostile environment and, you know, you don't have people cheering for you. And you're not as comfortable. I mean, that's not your element. That's not your environment. That's not, that's right. not your home court. Right. So, right. Well, let me ask you, like, because this is a debate that people always have, you know, is home court advantage or home field advantage a real thing? Does it, does it really make a difference? It most definitely does. Because, I mean, you see it from the players, how the players react after a big time shot or a big time dunk and the other team is forced to call a timeout. How many times have we seen LeBron or other players on the Cavs start hyping the crowd up? You know, give me more. Give me mm-hmm. more of that energy mm-hmm. because that in turn feeds into the players, which feeds into the And you used to do that fans. too. I remember seeing you do that a couple of times. Oh, man. I, I, that's what I lived for. Right. You know, I, lived, I lived for putting energy into the crowd, which then in turn put energy back into the team, oh, yeah. which made them go out, you know, and, and perform even better, which it was, it's the whole cycle. You know, the the energy you put in, that's the energy you get out. And then it just keeps going. It just keeps building. Starts pumping that adrenaline exactly. again. I like you enter, you enter with that adrenaline hype. But as you play and you get tired and you get fatigued and stuff like that, it wanes. But when the crowd has your back. Well, explain that. What is, what is it about playing at home? What is it about the crowd having your back that gives you that more, uh, more adrenaline? Go, go into that because a lot of people wonder that. I don't I – don't, so oh, I, I think I think yeah, with that you go yeah. <laughs> so I think with that, and if I may pull on my own experience, right? 
I I always wanted the the fans to feel like they were in the game. A with part me. of it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yes. when I ran to the end zone and I did the yes chant, or when I ran over to a fan and, and you know hit the walls and told them let you know let's go, you know get hype, get loud, you know that makes you feel like you're you have an important part in this. Mm-hmm. You know you become that extra player. You are what we the need, sixth man, yeah. exactly to mm-hmm. get over and to to pull this game out and win. So when you're able as a player to Connect with the fans, get them feeling like they're a part of what you've got going on on the floor uh, or on the court, the field, wherever you may be. Then that that's kind of what that uh, home uh, what home team advantage or home field advantage is. Right. You know, because you that is just an, uh, a very huge resource pool. You know, it's just a, a pool of energy that you just keep drawing from, and you never you never feel tired when you're at home because you just love it. You live in that moment. So I think that's what it is. And it's right. what it's when you're when you're an athlete and you're in your home. I mean, that's that's your home. Like yeah, you are there. Oh, yeah. You are you're already and, relaxed and you know what's what and where things are. And it's just a comfort level. And then when you have your fans that have your back, then that releases a massive amount of endorphins. Like, think about it. So if you've never been an athlete before and none of us in this room have on the same stage that you have at the professional level. But um, think of it like when you're on Facebook and you start getting a lot of views or hits or likes or whatever, like it makes you feel better. It's like, yeah, okay. People like what I'm doing. We're doing good. Okay. And it's, it's a good thing. It's not exactly the same. I'm just trying to make a non-sports comparison so you can kind of like right. relate to it. But mm-hmm. um, it's like that. Like, but ten times that because you have a ton more fans that are that are cheering and you can hear it and it's live and it's right now and it's just it makes you feel so good that you're like you just go into beast mode. You're like, yeah, let's do this, right. and then you're ready to go. And so, and so you see that with uh, with Boston. In particular, and like I said, it's in particular because they're a young team. They're more emotional, and they're they're more impacted by that. So, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why they don't play very well on the road. Now, the Cavaliers have to win. They have to win at least one game, just one on the road. If they win, they if have they, to win Game Five, right? Because right. we don't want a Game Seven in Boston. Right. No, we don't. I would. I think the Cavs have a good shot regardless, but I would rather they just be done in six. No, it's, it's funny you say that because I was about to bring up the fact that on the flip side of that, where it, where it comes to home field advantage, some players and some teams can thrive on the road. Yep. They turn that, you know, the, the booze the and the, the hate mm-hmm. into yeah. energy and, you know, firepower for them. Like, I, I for one, I, I love going Were on you the like road. you like that? Yeah, I love going on the road, especially when we went to Philly. Oh yeah, because that would be like your considered your rival, at right? The time, that right? was yeah. that. That was that was one of our big rivals, right? And they would boo and, and mm. scream and say yeah, all they kinds were of awful. things. Oh <laughs> their man, their fans were well. You know Philadelphia. I always yeah. tell people Philadelphia booed Santa Claus. That's <laughs> all you need to not, know. Not brotherly love, right? They not booed so Santa Claus. Yeah, but I feel like they're. I mean, they're much of a sports town like Cleveland is. So yeah. Yeah. I get it. I love that passion and energy. So when you get a chance to go into somebody's house and silence that, oh, that feels oh, good. And it's oh, it's a good feeling. When, when we beat Philly yeah. uh, for the third time at, at home, well, not the third time, but like the second time. I can't remember. We played them so many times. Right. Uh, <laughs> and it was like on the last play of the game with the Hail Mary to win it. Oh, that was an amazing game. Oh, and that, that was on ESPN Top yeah. 10. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, firsthand experience, 
the joy and jubilation was there for on our side, but you look into the stands and you see the people like dumbfounded. They couldn't believe it. And I ran over to the sideline. I said, yeah, start talking all that mess you were saying earlier about Cleveland sucks. <laughs> what's up? What's up now? And I, I, I'm telling you the anger and hatred that went into those fans towards me. And they just they, they went from hands in their head, couldn't disbelief, to finger pointing. You know, you know, they said bleep, some explicit. Bleep, yeah, bleep, 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 bleep you. Some, probably you. a lot. Oh, my gosh. I was like, whoa. But it was, it was, it felt so good going into the locker room knowing that we just beat them in their own place. Their fans are quiet. They're going home mad and upset. And we're going home on the bus right. partying. Oh, yeah. And you see that. Uh, at least in the NBA, you see that more with veteran teams. Mm-hmm. A lot of veteran teams are like that, where they love the challenge of LeBron is one of those guys. Yep. Loves loves going on the road and silencing the crowd. Mm-hmm. You almost lock in more. Yeah. You know, it's it's like he goes he goes into that that I call it zombie brawn mode. You know, he's just <laughs> You know, there's nothing he just else blocks that matters. It out almost. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing else that matters. He has one goal. It's just like a zombie. You have one goal as a zombie, and that's to get to that you know fresh food. Right to eat. To right. eat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's zombie Braun. He's out there to eat nothing else. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I believe, like I said, I I said it was going to be Cavs and six. Um, the Cavs. I would prefer. I think even if it goes seven, I think the Cavs can win. But I would prefer. I just. I don't want to. I'm. I agree with Eric. I don't want. Yeah, the Cavs you don't want to go to Boston to to have to play a game seven in Boston. Just no. Win. That that would definitely be really difficult. But yeah. And why go? And why put yourself through that if you don't have to? So just take care of business at game five. Hopefully. Um, now, real quick before um, before we go to break, on the other series that's left. Uh, I don't want to say too much because they're playing right now, and I don't want either team to make me look stupid. But <laughs> but we've seen, uh, as we're talking here, we've seen Houston really come back. They were getting the doors blown off of them when this game started, and they're in the lead now. So I'd be very interested to see if they're able to tie this thing up 2-2. They went halfway through the first quarter point With, like, less. no score. Yeah. It was zero. And I'm like, what? And, what? And for them to come back. Does that even happen? <laughs> and for them to come back that quick before Where they do that? Time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah. halftime, that shows you. I mean, you you got to make a run and you got to get it together and, and get serious because right. that's that's difficult because. Not, well, you, you know that. It, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm no, sorry. But no, you're that fine. James Harden yam on Draymond Green. Ooh, yeah. It was nasty. Y'all got to see it if you missed it. <laughs> now, I'll say this, um, and everybody else can put in their hot take too. I'm just going to I'm gonna go out here on a limb here and, and put out a hot take. If Houston ties this series tonight, they're going to go seven. I'm calling it right now. I wouldn't disagree with that since nobody else is talking. I wouldn't disagree <laughs> with that. I think it's, I think it's definitely possible. And I, I obviously I hope so. Cause I don't like golden state, but right. um, obviously. Um, and I think it's possible. I mean, I think they're kind of like, they've been a smidge bit, underestimated maybe um or or undervalued i guess and so i'm i'm hoping that they kind of smidge pidge no smidge smidge bit 
Oh, like bit. a little bit. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's that's a mom move. I was about to say, don't judge her this, mom words. It, it is. This is who I am. <laughs> Love me or leave me. I don't know. So if Jay stuck it out for 10 years, I'm sure we can too. <laughs> and you know what he said to me last night? We were just talking about this. And oh, he's God. like, what do you want to do? No, I, I, it's quick. And I was like, well, I'll just make some steak and some gnocchi and it'll be good. And, some um, steak and some what? Gnocchi. Gnocchi. It's, what is a, that? it's an Italian. It's almost like an Italian version of a pierogi it's up i it's thought up, she was like talking a, about a code word for cuddling or something no. i thought she wow. sneezed some yaki <laughs> god bless you it's g it is, it is their 10th anniversary g h i or c c i i can't remember but it's a g it's a g g n o c h h i all right all this spelling no anyway this isn't you know, right we didn't come to spell so, okay <laughs> So, so, and he's like, you know I, what? It's can you believe it's been ten years? And I'm like, yeah, I can believe it. And he's like, I, I've, I'm, I'm happy. I've been, I've, ne- I've always been happy in our marriage. So I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Brownie <laughs> points for Jay. Thanks. All right, yeah. so G N O C C H I. Ah, you're so oh, petty. I, Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> we didn't ask for. It. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's go around the room me. real quick, and then we got to go uh, to break. Who do you think? would be a better matchup for the Cavaliers in the finals, Houston or Golden State? Houston. Houston. Why? Because I'm tired of seeing the Golden State Warriors <laughs> yes. in the finals. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said it because I was thinking that exact same thing. I mean, it's just uh, Golden State has, has shooters. They have the shooters on the outside that can stretch the floor, no problem. It's, all, it's almost like everybody on Golden State has taken classes in shooting threes. Right. It's just everybody, you, you never know when Draymond's going to pop one. You know, of course, you got Clay and Step, and then you got – KD out there, I mean, that's just that's so much to try and cover with – you can't cover – LeBron can't cover everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, they got too many shooters. So Houston would be the ideal matchup. Plus Houston, not to anger any Houston fans out there, but Houston I feel like shows a little inconsistency sometimes. And they ch- and James Harden is known to choke under pressure. Ooh, see. Wow, he just went for it. He just <laughs> yeah, went for it. He did. <laughs> Ain't no beating around the bush. I mean, as, as a fellow beard guy, you know, I have to say, you know, pump your brakes there, small beard. You know, oh, oh, and now I'm the bad guy. Oh no, no, no! I'm just laughing because we already talked about this. I'm growing my beard back out. So we're I'm gonna, gonna see who's gonna call who small beard. All thing. right, we're moving past that. All right, I'm gonna say it's real tough. I want to say Houston, but Golden State is actually pretty banged up this year. Um Steph Curry is still not 100%. I think we just saw Clay, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson went, went out, left this game early. Right. So so there is that. Um, there is the joy of beating them. Uh, but I think Houston on paper would be a better matchup for the Cavaliers. Just because, I mean, they have shooters too, but Houston is so inconsistent. Exactly. And they've never they've never really done anything on the stage before either. But you know what? I've seen inconsistencies in the Cavs too. I oh, mean, well, the Cavs have been inconsistent for four years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's they're who they are. Consistently so, inconsistent. So, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So right. That's so exactly. I'm not crazy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that makes that, that makes it a little bit of a difference though, because that's kind of the Cavaliers yeah, thing. So that to me, I'm not looking for a better matchup like Talent-wise, I'm looking for a better matchup to watch it, and I think that that would be a better matchup because you box of chocolates, you don't know what you're going to get, like whose team's doing what. So, Well, we'll see how it all pans out. 
We got to take a break here on Necessary Roughness. Yo, this is the Kingpin. Jessica Lavish. And Eric E. Will Williams. From the Outlaws Radio Show. Telling y'all to make sure that you go download the brand new FCBRadio.com app for Android and iPhone. It's free. You get to hear the Outlaws Radio Show. You get to hear the dopest entertainment segment in the world called... Lifestyles of the Rich and Lavish. And you get to hear the dopest sports show on the planet called necessary roughness radio and of course views from the 216 the hottest political show around along with the other hottest political show around the todd allen show and all of our other programs and our radio station vibe by fcb so make sure that you go check that out it's free y'all so you ain't got no reason not to get it no excuses fcbradio.com Welcome back to Necessary Roughness. <laughs> I just want to let y'all know that E is petty. He's very I really petty. am. Welcome back to Necessary Roughness. Once again, this is Eric E. Will Williams alongside Christy Maggard. Hey, hey. CJ Cobb. There you go. And Darvio the King Ben Morrow from the Outlaws Radio Show. I don't know what's going on here. I'm just going to oh, throw it right over to Christy, the superstar of the show, so she can do her rundown. The rundown. All right, and I got a lot in it, so keep your trap shut. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> That's not going to happen. PG. She knew she was joking there. That's not going to happen. Oh, sorry, say, that's yeah. still a mom thing. Keep your trap <laughs> shut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 2016 Pro, Bowl, or Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee Brett Favre recently admitted to three trips to rehab during his career for both painkiller and alcohol dependence. Three trips. Three. Uh, Favre, um, the three-time MVP, says that in 1995 during his first MVP season, he would wake up in the morning and his first thought was, quote, I need more pills. Uh, he first rehabbed for pills uh, in the early 90s, then again in 98 for drinking, and it took 72 days in the mid-90s to get off Vicodin for him. So, wow. yeah, that was, there. Uh, in the article that I read about this, he was taking 14 Vicodin pills at one time. Oh, my god! Yeah. He was high. That's, that's a real thing. Yeah. 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 So, um, but, that's too bad. But I think that that's great that he was able to come out and, and talk about it and say that it happened to him. And yeah, because nobody ever really knew, did they? N- I didn't know. Yeah. Nope. Um, so I thought that was great because Brett Favre always has this appearance of being, you know, Captain clean, Wrangler, yeah. football player. Yeah, so... Um, speaking of MVP quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't think that Green Bay will sign Des Bryant, the former Cowboys receiver. Uh, the statement comes after Green Bay um, cut Pro Bowler Jordy Nelson and a quote from former Cowboy tight end Jason Witten that he thought that Bryant would end up in Green Bay. So, um, Pat's quarterback, Tanya Brady, was absent along with tight end Rob Gronkowski from Tuesday's voluntary OTAs. Brady is the only starting quarterback to miss voluntary OTAs. Belichick refused to comment about the absence but stated former Browns quarterback Brian Hoyer is, quote, doing a great job for us. So You do know his name is Tom, right? (laughs) Sure. And they're voluntary for a reason. Right, but if you're going to be QB1... 
you need to be the leader of Tom your team. Tom Brady's man. job is not in jeopardy by Brian freaking Hoyer. You, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm saying as the leader of your team and quote he the knows goat, he's gonna be the the leader. You need regardless to show if up. He shows up or not. Well, I do find it interesting though that he was the only starting only quarterback. Starting not quarterback, too. not too. And there's there's some other quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the league whose jobs are secure too. So I just find it to be interesting. I'm not really passionate about it, but I just found mm. that to be interesting. Just. If you're going to be the leader of your team, you need to be there to lead. Shade. Yeah, throne. (laughs) (laughs) WWE's SmackDown is moving from USA Network on Tuesdays to Fox on Fridays. USA declined its right of first refusal to uh, negotiate a new contract, and the deal is estimated to be worth $1 billion over five years. Hold on. One. Billion dollars. <laughs> and M- NBC Universal, who owns USA, they uh, let SmackDown go because they wanted to pay to keep Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. by giving them an increase of three times as much as what they're paying right now, That's which crazy. would also equal, uh, uh, over the course of that deal, that would also equal roughly one billion dollars. That is a lot. That's a lot of money for two wrestling. billion dollars over five years. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this off air for a soap opera for men. Mm-hmm. Well, the, here's the reason, though. It's <laughs> it's sport ish. Number one. Number two. A lot of television networks want sports or sports ish programming because it. You're not really going to DVR a football game or a basketball game or uh, Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. You usually want to see that live. Right. So they make more money on when you're watching it live as opposed to like a drama or like a you know a sitcom or something where you can just, ah, I'll DVR that and watch it next week or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see all of these sports leagues getting massive amounts of money for television contracts. Because people want to see, they, they're going to watch it when it comes on right. and, and watch it throughout for the most part. Right. Well, one, I'm going to say it's fake-ish, not sport-ish. Oh. Um, now, as, now, as someone who has a cousin in the WWE Hall of Fame, I'm not going to let you disrespect me. Wait a minute. No, so if they're in the Hall of Fame, that's back when it was sport-ish and it was entertainment and it was actually real. No, they now still it, do the no, Hall of Fame. Now it's garbage. It's fake. They don't actually take chair shots. It's all, oh, let me put my hands up before I get my hit. My cousin got in the Hall of Fame like seven years ago. So, so that means bad. how long ago did he wrestle? He wrestled in the 80s. Right. So he, but the guys, you're proving my point. No, your point he is. He wrestled when the wrestling was the real. Guy, the guys that we grew up watching in the 90s and are getting in there. were the guys that were. It was scripted then. But not as bad as it's scripted now. Scripted? scripted? Yes, that's how pissed <laughs> off I'm getting at this. That is ridiculous. Look. It's scripted is scripted. The, but actually, you could actually argue that the wrestlers are better athletes now than they were back then. Hulk Hogan was not a damn uh a good athlete. Will you ever see the likes of like a mankind, somebody who brutally like beat up his body for the the industry? For, no, and for that's why. Wrestling. No, and that's why not because that's why mankind Are you isn't see wrestling anymore. A hell in a cell match <laughs> where somebody gets thrown off the cell and out into a table. No, and that's why the Undertaker can barely walk now. Right, <laughs> like I'll, I'll tell you but this. But that's the stuff that the the WWF then turned into no, WWE no. was turned in, made off of, and turned into. You this, just you got two, real angry. You two sound like a couple of nerds right now. I don't right. care. With that As being said, said, I don't watch the, it with, anymore. With that being said, look, back in the nineties was the best era of wrestling. Yes, no, that no I would agree with that. The attitude era was the best. I will, I will say this in defense of them. 
they, it's still sports. It's still, it's still, you know, you have to be athletic. Some of the stuff they do, but, but Willie, Willie uh, McGinnis went down and did a wrestling camp while we were in Orlando for mm-hmm. uh, that team, and he said it's one of the most intense workouts he's ever done. So those those guys really – athletes. They get put through the ringer to go out there and do what they do. So – I'm act- not discrediting the fact that they, the people themselves, are actually athletes and they work. They put in they the work to be. He just in his feelings because he don't like the television like, product no I'm more. Saying, and the, that ain't what we was talking about. The, the acting is product, bad. Yes, the acting is bad. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. Bad. The acting is really bad. It's- yeah. Uh, now that's they why de- I say it's a soap opera for men now. But I feel it's like always that's been a part soap opera. Of, but it's even more, even more so now. I feel like that's part of WWE though. Is that people anticipate just terrible acting and bad storylines? No. No, not Is back that, in the day. It, it wasn't always no, like now. that. We it wasn't now, back though. in the day. Yeah, it wasn't always, right. it wasn't always well, like that. Well, because the storylines didn't go so deep back in the right. 90s. It I, was just what it was. Well, and I would argue, like I, like I said, the, I the, wrestlers now, the wrestlers now are better athletes. They're not better actors. They're worse actors than they were when yeah. we were growing up. Yeah. But they're better athletes. But who cares? John Cena is really fun to look at. So there's that. The oh, other last wow. point I want to make on that <laughs> is wow, forget a, you and your, your – most people aren't going to DVR an NBA game or NFL game because I got to get in the lab. I got to go and you know watch that. I got to study. <laughs> Put on got, that SPF 35. All that shit. Everybody's getting burnt. Let's get in the lab, y'all. All right. So <laughs> where's the lab? I've got some more. Let Christy finish. I've got her some report. more stuff for you. So, so petty. Both of you two are petty. <laughs> <laughs> he started it. Petty Pendergrass. <laughs> all right. ESPN's Jamel Hill, who we've talked about in previous episodes regarding some um, some Twitter controversial versi. Yeah. Uh, Twitter versi. I like what you just did. Hey, thank you. Sometimes I'm smooth. Not always, but sometimes. <laughs> it's my one for the year. That's all I got. Uh, was named Journalist of the Year by the National Association of Black Journalists, or the NABJ. The award recognizes a journalist who, quote, who has amassed a distinguished body of work with extraordinary depth, scope, and significance to the people of the African... American. Diaspora. Diaspora. Yeah. I was going to put the emphasis in oh, the I wrong, was wrong. <laughs> area. I said African American. <laughs> like, you like, thought she got stuck at America? How hard is that? <laughs> Diaspora. You told me several hours ago when we first got in here, and I yeah. already forgot. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Hill says she's incredibly humbled by the honor, obviously. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, and shout out to that group, too. I'm actually working on possibly and becoming a member. Oh, terrific. And she oh. said that they they were a large part of helping her get to where she is, like mentoring and um, supporting. Yeah, and they do have like a lot that. of that. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, and then last but definitely not least, and this is one that blows my mind the most, Milwaukee Bucks rookie guard Sterling Brown has plans to file suit against the Milwaukee PD after officers used a stun gun on him without provocation during questioning and subsequent arrest over a parking violation violation in a Walgreens parking lot in January. Since since then, excuse me, body cam footage has, has been released that shows Brown not resisting or um, provoking the officers at all. He wasn't charged for resisting arrest or obstructing um, after the arrest either. And both the Milwaukee mayor and the chief of police have come out and said, we've seen the footage. It's not good. So he's he 
definitely has a case, it appears. Yeah, Good for him. Milwaukee had this problem before. Oh, they, that's right. Yes. With, uh, there was John another, Hinton. right. Hinton, yeah. Yeah, and um, he went to a jewelry store, and the employee called the police because she thought he was going to rob the jewelry store because he had called previously to find out what time the store closed, which is a totally, I've done that multiple times. Oh, it's a dead giveaway. Dead, dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. But wait a minute. How did she know it was him that called? Um, she didn't. The store had been robbed. So what? So what had happened was the store Uh-oh. had been robbed Uh-oh. before, okay. and they'd gotten some phone calls from an individual asking about when the store closed, and she didn't think that they were legitimate. So when he came to the door, she got scared. And Quote, called 911. Right. I'm sorry. I used air quotes. You can't see that because this is radio. But nice. um, <laughs> she, she got, quote, unquote, scared. And as a matter of fact, she went and hid in the back. And when the police arrived and he had, like, explained himself and was fine, and they're all standing at the front door, they called her back and said, can you please come to the front door? And she wouldn't. She wouldn't. She said, no. Why can't the police come to the back? I'm not going to the front door. Like, the police are there, Man. and you're still not coming out? Terrified of this darkie. Was, was it, maybe it was embarrassment? Egg on the face? That's that it, possible. That I it could be? certainly hope so, because you should be embarrassed. Yeah, That's ridiculous. So embarrassed. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, it's, it's one thing to get nervous or upset or maybe, like, accidentally hit the panic button, but to, like, run and hide and call 911, like, what a gross overreaction. Yeah. Like, Come on. So there's been these issues in Milwaukee. And let me ask you this, uh, CJ, and then we got to go to break. Um, as an athlete, if you're looking for, from a, from a sports perspective, if you're looking for different, like if you're in free agency and you're looking for different uh, teams and looking at different cities to play in, players hear stuff like this. Does, it, does that have an impact on whatever your free agency decision might be? Yeah. Definitely. If I if I hear something like that, it's going down in Milwaukee. I'm like, well, obviously, I'm not going to be really welcome there uh, outside of playing. If uh, Milwaukee had, you know, a football team, you know, most football players wear helmets when they play. So you don't really see who they are. So it's not like your name would be well known out there or they wouldn't be able to associate your mm-hmm. name with what you look like. So when you hear stuff like that for some of these places, yeah, that definitely affects whether or not you're going to go there. Now, of course, money is almost a great equalizer, so sometimes the money might be too good to pass up. But for the most part, that is something that you have to consider. It is a factor. Yeah, you have to consider, especially nowadays with how much has been going on with, you know, stuff going on with the police and athletes even getting involved in scuffles with the police. Yeah, because there was a situation that happened with uh, a member of the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know if he's still there or not. In New York Mm -hmm. about a year or so back where he was confronted uh, by the police wrongly. They pulled guns out on him, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, even here, I've had it happen to me. Really? So, in here in Cleveland, yeah, it's happened to me. So, I mean, a lot, all the officers pulled up, like six, seven of them. You're kidding. Um, No, I'm serious. Wow. Officers pulled up and had a canine unit sniff the car that we were in. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So... For what was their, can I ask what was their so reasoning? The, the violation was this, uh, now out, out to the actual story, is me and a partner, uh, me and a teammate were going to hang out downtown, uh, just kick it, and mm-hmm. then go back uh, to the hotel. And we came to a flashing red light. We 
pretty much stopped. But the cop said that we didn't completely stop. So it was oh. about 11 o'clock. There's no cars coming. So, you know, you, you pull up to a flashing red light. You kind of look, look, and you might still be going like a, not even – not even really rolling anywhere, but, right. you know, he said yeah. we didn't come to a complete stop, stop before we turned. So he pulled us over. My teammate happened to have a CCW, but he didn't say it. I guess the cop either ran his license or he saw the, the gun in the car and everything flipped. So he didn't get a chance to tell him. That yeah, he, he didn't it. really get a chance. He he just said, you know, I saw you rolled past that thing back there. And Normally, I would be on your side on this, but as a CCW holder, if you know your rights and <clears throat> what you are and are not supposed to do, when you read that CCW book, that is the first thing you're supposed to tell the officer when they come to your window. You have to have your <clears throat> excuse me, hands on the wheel in their sight and say, sir, ma'am, whatever, officer, I am a CCW holding and I am carrying or I am not carrying. So they can be aware of the situation before they even say anything. But at the same time, you know that's what got uh, the one dude in, uh, where was that at? Uh, the guy that was with his girlfriend. I know what you're talking that's about. What, yeah, that's what got him shot. But Florida if I remember, Orlando Castillo. Yeah. yeah, I remember the name. But was that the very first thing that was said when the window came down? Yep. Okay. Yep. I remember that. I remember intimate detail of that story. Well, either either way, with that, uh, I still feel like it was just a, a big overreaction because once he either ran like ran the license, saw that he was a uh, holder, or saw the I'm not sure what exactly he saw, uh, but he he called it. He pulled his gun on us. We told him, hey, is that when he pulled the gun on us, that's when my teammate said, hey, I'm a CCW holder. I, it's mine. It's not loaded. All that stuff. But he said, yeah, we'll, he said, yeah, we'll be the judge of that. And he called in about six, seven different police cars and a canine unit to come. Wow. And they all, they all pulled their guns on us. They hit the window. They said, uh, passenger, get out of the car. So I went to – I had my hands up. I went to – like adjust myself to get out of the car and they, you know, yelled at me again, oh, keep yeah. your effing hands where I can see them. And I'm like, well, I'm about to get shot. Right. And they pulled me out of the car and somebody behind me says, cuff him now. He's a big one. Ha ha ha. Wow. Holy got, got cuffed. No. And, and as soon as they put my hands behind my back, they, uh, they, you know, when somebody pulls your arms and stuff like that, you kind of try and adjust so that they can do what they got to do. As soon as I did that, he said, don't fight me. Like, don't resist. I was like, I'm not. I'm trying to, you know, do what you ask. So, and, and I asked him, isn't this a little bit overkill for, you know, we explain who we are, we explain what we're doing, we're on, we're on the team, we're just hanging out with some friends. That's all. And he said, yeah, this is, this is protocol. I was like, this yeah. is ridiculous. You know, it's funny that you said that I'm not surprised that they were like, oh, he's a big one, handcuff that one. I was actually told by a former cop, I met this guy, um, he's in the entertainment business now. And, you know, he was a real cool dude, black dude. And he was like, well, look, I'm gonna, let me hip you to, to the game. Mm -hmm. Let me hip you to how a lot of these cops think. And he said, he said, because you're a bigger guy, you intimidate them. Mm -hmm. So they come when they see you, they ready. They already ready. No matter what, you can be the nicest, right. you know, hey, how are you, officer? You know, you can you can do the whole song and dance. You know, let me do a jig for you, boss. All of that. <laughs> <laughs> you can do all of that. And it does. It doesn't matter if they're scared of you. They're already mm -hmm. on on eight by the time they get to the car. Yeah. And they they actually took my friend. To, to jail, they charge him. They try to charge him with like mis mishandling uh, a a weapon or something like that. Oh my god! And left left. They towed the car and left me on the corner downtown. 
Wow. Just left me there. And uh, it was actually one of the our team mechanics car because he was getting his car fixed. Uh-huh. So, so it was it was a whole whole ordeal, man. I was I was like, that's the first. That's really the first time I'd ever felt like I'd been like targeted. Really? Yeah. You know. That's definitely. I mean, my my thing is is I I want to believe that there are good people and I want to believe that there are good officers and I I and know in fairness, some they are. and there, there are there are. My, I have a cousin that's that's but, in, yeah. the, in law enforcement and sometimes. They when they that when they think that they could be endangered because there was just an officer killed in Baltimore um, by a a 16 year old. And so there is the threat on their lives. So I understand them feeling threatened or endangered and that they need to protect themselves. I understand that. But when it's so over the top, ridiculous, unnecessary, I don't I don't get that. I mean, I do. I understand protocol and procedure to protect them. I do. I get it. But that is just so not even at all in the realm of needed necessary. Yeah. And I, it's not even protocol. That's not. It's not. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I remember. And I'm not going to get into all of my stories because we'll be here forever. All but, night, yeah. But I remember <laughs> one, of, one of the times that I got targeted, um, I posted about it on social media. And I have a lot of friends. Like, some of my friends are in law enforcement. Some of them are, um, you know, retired law enforcement. Or some of them are, like, military police and all that kind of stuff. And they saw, like, the situation I went through. And they were like, yeah, that's not protocol at all. You know, because I, I got pulled over and, and ended up in handcuffs. I was down downtown trying to pass water with my church and <laughs> and had a traffic had a traffic violation. And I'm like, all right, well, all right, you're going to he pulled me over. I'm like, all right, well, just give me the ticket. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, you know, I'll go on, on my, my way. way. And so it ended up, you know, I ended up getting in handcuffs because they said, oh, well, you match the description of someone with some code. And then when I put that code out on Facebook, a lot of my uh my law enforcement friends was like, that's not a real code. Like that code, whatever they use to detain you is not real. Mm. So that was, I ended up getting put in handcuffs and I was standing outside in the middle of downtown street, you know, uh, people, you know, for like two hours. And may I I say too, I don't mean to prolong this too, but that when you're, when you are sitting there in handcuffs, that is like a a demeaning, degrading feeling. Like, especially when you know you, you didn't do anything wrong and you're just sitting there in handcuffs and people are going by looking at you. That's the worst. Assuming that, that you are just the worst person. And I'm like, you know, I'm so glad you do stuffed and cuffed. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like that's a hard thing for people to describe unless you've been through that situation. It's hard to describe how dehumanizing it is. Yeah. Like you really feel like de- dehumanized when you go through that situation. Like you said, especially when you know that you didn't do anything wrong. And I've never even told my family this, that this happened, which wow. they'll probably know now when they hear this. But <laughs> don't worry, mom, dad, everybody. I'm cool. I'm okay. Everything's fine. Everything's all right. You know, it happened. <laughs> you know, I, no, no hate. Still, still, I still to this day I respect you know law enforcement. Whenever I encounter them, you, you always treat them with the utmost respect because they do have a very difficult Dangerous job. job yeah. mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are some officers out there that take it too far, mm-hmm. and hopefully, we can get some sort of policy or some sort of change to kind of that will that will fix that. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. agreed. All right, well, we got to go to break here on Necessary Roughness. We'll be back here shortly. If you're looking to increase productivity for your firm or medical office without increasing your expenses, then call Morrow Paralegal Services and let our experienced professionals provide you with quality work at reasonable rates. 
We provide paralegal services to attorneys, medical and law firms, and the general public. Give us a call at 216-273-6134. That's 216-273-6134. Again, that's 216-273-6134. And Marl paralegal services not an attorney we do not give legal advice hey yo welcome back to necessary roughness make sure you follow the show on twitter at nrcle and on facebook at necessary roughness radio i hate him and don't forget to download the new fcbradio.com app with no spaces and you can listen to The Vibe, which plays 80s and 90s hip-hop. He's still and going. And Uptown, which plays R&B. And you can check out all the shows here on FCB Radio Network. The Jeff Brown Show, The Todd Allen Show, Necessary Roughness, The Outlaws Radio Show, and The Views from 216. He sounds like one of those white people that you hear on those radio stations that they play in the elevator. That's exactly what he sounds like. Why, he thank sounds- you. Like music. Now back to our regularly <laughs> yeah. scheduled program. There, there's Jesus the we Cristo. Know. There's the E. Will we know? All right. I hate that guy. Yeah, he's back. Okay. <laughs> Terrific. He's back. <laughs> so we're gonna have a little bit of NFL talk, and it kind of actually, in a roundabout way, kind of pity piggy. Blah, 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 I can't talk. Okay. Piggybacks off of <laughs> the last segment. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. So. There were some league meetings uh, that were held for the NFL in which there were some league anthem proposals, one of which that's gaining the most traction in a sense is, and yes, CJ, I'm throwing this one to you first because I want your opinions as a former athlete. It would be up to the home team on whether both teams come out of the locker room for the anthem and should teams come out. 15-yard penalties could be assessed for kneeling. So it's up to the home. Let me get this straight. Okay, so I'm the home team. Right. And I decide that uh, we're going to come out on the field. Mm -hmm. I I can either decide to keep both teams in In the the locker locker room room or to come out on the field. So I decide to have the teams come out on the field. You're the away team, and some members of your team decide that they're going to kneel. A 15-yard penalties could be assessed for doing said kneeling. Would it be 15 per player or just one flat 15-yard penalty if somebody on the team like kneels? The that wasn't team. specified. Okay. So my my view on this is it's ridiculous. Um, if that's the case, then I feel like all home teams are just going to have guys stay in the locker room for the National Anthem. Uh if if a team does decide to have teams come out in the field, then I would think that either regardless, players are going to do it. It's just a fact now. Players are going to do it until something gets done about uh, how this country is, unfortunately. So it's 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 silly to me assessing a penalty. I'm sure if a player does want to do it, he's going to express it to his team. And they're going to, as a as a team, hopefully come with a decision. That would be the responsible way to do it. But uh, assessing a penalty for freedom of speech, you know, freedom to protest is, it's in a way un-American. I would say, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for that. But, I mean, it, it's it's a whole protest. Like, and, and no disrespect to the military, because I have relatives in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Every time I see someone in the military, I say, thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. And, As do I. 
And because that's that is something so incredibly just profound and just other other centered to to know that you're going to go put your life on the line for people that you may never meet. Mm -hmm. You don't even know. Mm -hmm. So 100 percent. I have all respect for military. But as as it as it goes to this football game, I feel like it's just. It's ridiculous because they, I mean, that's money being changed hands with that anyway. I've seen an article on that where it's big money to have military flyovers and military appreciation day. Like, the military pays the NFL for that. Hmm. So, it's. Christy, I'm going to throw it to you. Oh, were you not done? No, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, finishing up. Like, that's, it's just, it's, it's a touchy subject. It's, it's tough. Well, oh, I is, wish you yeah. had been here for the beginning of this whole show. <laughs> we talked about this a lot. Yeah, quite a bit. Christy, I'm going to throw it over to you. Well, first of all, I learned something new because I didn't know that they had to pay for flyovers. When I was with the Browns, we got a flyover, but it what it seemed like it was not. We didn't have to pay for it. Like, they just had to coordinate it and stuff like that. But, um, so, the, you know, you learn something new every day. Um, but also, I think what it comes down to is <clears throat> the owners are in a pickle. So the players are going to do what the players want to do, right? And mm-hmm. and um, do, uh, exercise. There's the word. Thought of it all on my own. Their right to free speech um, in a part of the game that doesn't really affect the game, right? And <clears throat> the fans are not in favor of this as a, as a majority percentage wise. Right. Okay, there have been so many. There's been you know um, people less viewership. Um, ticket sales are down. Baltimore. We talked about that. I think last week that they're lowering their concession prices. To, to get, get fans back, back because of this. So I think the owners are kind of feeling the hurt, hurting, yeah. I guess, in, in the only way I can say it. And so they're trying to do their best to come up with a solution to what they see as a problem. And that's not to say that uh, <clears throat> what they're protesting is the problem. Um, it's just the fact that, okay, we're losing fans. Like, this is the whole point of why we do what we do. If we don't have fans, we don't have teams. And so, um, but I would like to say that in the article that I was reading, they said that um, the league also met with the Players Coalition in October and agreed to a seven-year, $89 million social justice partnership. Which we did talk about on the show back when that happened. Okay, and that was... Wait, no, that wasn't before me. No. I was on no, the show right then. That, okay. was, that was BC or AD? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, yeah. So if it was this last October, I was here. But anyway, um, so that's, that's I feel like, a step in a good direction. That's a large amount of money, and you can do a lot of good things if you <laughs> put enough money into it. Um, so I think that that's a good thing. Um, I'm encouraged by that, but... As far as assessing penalties, like you said, I mean, if the players are going to do it, the players are going to do it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know that that's really going to make anybody think twice about what they're doing. It's, it's, it's got to be something different. Uh, and, and this is just me looking on the outside, not to, you know, cut you off. but Oh, it, you didn't cut me off. Yeah, this it, uh, the penalty thing is just, that's almost like you get a penalty for taunting. You know, players are going to taunt regardless of yeah. the penalty for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how how much of a hindrance is going to be for for players. Or I don't think they're going to care. I mean, with something with something that they're so 
these players are so passionate about and something that touches so many people. I mean, 15 yards, really? So and, <laughs> and, I don't know. I just feel like that's not yeah, really going to do anything. And another thing, too, is it's almost like it's not even about what they're protesting anymore. It's almost about the fact that they're, they, as professional athletes, how dare you start protesting? How dare you do anything other than play the sport that mm-hmm. we come and pay to watch you do? That's yeah. that's unfortunately, I think, where it's kind of being made a big pro- bigger problem. It's not about what they're protesting anymore. Oh, no. I, I honestly, I don't think it's been about what they're protesting for a long time because people are just too blindsided. It's never been about what they've been protesting. It's always been misconstrued to be about the flag and the military when it was never meant to be about the flag or the military. Right. Right. It was always meant to be about Colin Kaepernick started it to bring to light the social injustices that African-Americans were dealing with the police community. And it was never looked at upon that way because it was just taken as a direct disrespect to the flag and the military when that's not what it was meant to be. So that's the tricky thing, though, like what it is and what it was meant to be. You know, what it's seen as is always going to be different as, you know, what what is that saying? Like the road to, can we say H-E? Hell. Yeah. I don't know what words we can say. I already got bleeped once. Yeah, I almost said it. I almost said it. Pa- the the road to hell is paved with good intentions or something like that. Like you can be well meaning, but if it doesn't come across that way, then it's just kind of like so, it, it was a mess. Hold so, on, I, w- I want you to go last, actually. All right. Well, so, we're running out of time. Well, so. I'm oh. just gonna make mine quick. My, I mean, I have questions. I don't. First of all, I, I think it's dumb. For, first of all, second of all, who who of the home team makes that that decision? Is it the owner? Is it the GM? Is it the coaches? Is it the teams themselves, like, saying, all right, maybe the captains or you have a said group, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Who's the one actually making that decision? Then, that then you get the down team. to – then it comes to a strategic thing. Oh, we're X team. We know that if we go out on the field, B team is going to, you know, kneel. So let's make sure we go out on the field so that way we get that 15 yards. Oh, penalty. yeah. Oh, I could have like, already told and, you that, yeah. And like Christy had mentioned earlier, like before it went about, you know, it, it's something that's being done that's not affecting the game because it's prior to the game starts. Now you're getting into the aspect of how that's going to start affecting the actual gameplay on the field itself. And that's counterproductive. It, it's stupid. It, 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 it does nothing. So I'm just going to, before I go on a rant, because we're up against time, Darvio, you go. <laughs> so uh, a couple of points. First of all, I completely agree with every single thing you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I find to be interesting in this debate is that you always hear people talking about um, the fans that they're offending, that these players are offending by uh, kneeling during the anthem. But no one, is, no one seems to be afraid of alienating those who agree with them. What are you saying to not only your black fans, uh, many of whom, not all, but many of whom agree with the message, if not necessarily the method, but also the white, some of the white and Hispanic fans who may agree with the message, but not necessarily the method, or some who, who do agree with the method. Mm-hmm. No one seems to care about offending them. 
You know what I mean? Because a lot of one of the things that's been missed where people will talk about the attendance dropping in football stadiums and people talk about the ratings slightly going down for uh, for some of the teams is that some of that was also with people who were for the protests, who were protesting against the NFL because Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. Mm. So mm-hmm. people don't talk about that, too. It's not just people who are mad about players kneeling for the anthem who stopped watching, who sat out the season. People who supported Colin Kaepernick, also many of them, sat out the season. It was a big thing. There were a lot of people that were like, boycott the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, But no one talks about them. It's always about the other side. and that's And that's the thing that makes me say, okay, this is not just a business decision. Because if this was a business decision, you would want to find a way to placate both sides. But when they talk about it being a business decision, you only hear them talking. You only hear them addressing one side of it. So they're not I, addressing the fans who who sat out because they supported. Right. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. So that eighty nine million that goes for that like social injustice, you don't think that that's placating the other side? Like well, I'll tell you this. I'm not trying I, to be. You know what? No, 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 I'm okay. almost saying it is no, because okay. I feel like that's trying to pay them off to shut them up. Well, and I, I would say no, maybe, but not necessarily for the same reason. I would say, first of all, I want to see what you do with it. Exactly. Okay. Because you can just say, yeah, we're going to give 89 million dollars, mm-hmm. but if you're just going to just give it to a couple of charities here and there, and and that's it then it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's easy, and we've seen this. We've seen this a lot, particularly with issues affecting the black community. We've seen this a lot of times where people in positions of power just write checks and try to make it go away. But it doesn't go away because a lot of times that money that they're writing those checks for don't trickle down to to impact the issues on the level where they really need to be at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just all right. We're gonna write. We're gonna we're gonna send a million dollars over here to the boys and girls club. We're gonna send a couple million dollars over here to this group. A couple million dollars over here to this group, and then everything is good, right? Racial injustice is over, right? It's it's done. The police and the black community are gonna love each other, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though this has been this has been going on that we're aware of since the 1920s, if not before that. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so so yeah, yeah. Let me write a check. I'll write a check. I'll, we're going to build another boys and girls club in the hood, and that'll, that'll make them happy. They'll be okay there. So it's so to answer your question more directly, I'm going to say I don't know. Okay. It depends on what you do with it. Uh-huh. The money, saying that they're going to give this, this pot of money, whatever, whatever, means nothing to me because I know how this game is played. Mm-hmm. From having a, a parent who works in the nonprofit sector, mm-hmm. who deals with a lot of issues where – her programs hit on more personal level and deal with the with the inner city youth and she has to fight and struggle for for funding while a lot of these big organizations who do nothing uh, yeah. always get the money because right. that's who people know about right. so from knowing that game from that side of it i get what they do right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i want to see what you do with it, who you're giving it to. Right. Don't just tell me that you're just writing checks and all the little darkies are supposed to be happy with that. Yeah. What are you going to do with the money? Yeah, I totally get that. I, I did a little bit of work for um, anti-human trafficking efforts here in, yeah, in Cleveland. And it's really, yeah, yes, you were um, pretty instrumental in that. But um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, but going to businesses that are like, who's this? What's this organization? You know, if you say the American Cancer Society, they're like, oh, absolutely. You just, you 
you know, here's yep. a check, here's a thing, here's a gift card, here's what, whatever you want. But when it's an organization that's only a few years old, that that's the whole reason that you're fundraising is because they don't have any funds because they just started and they're a nonprofit. Um, you know, and people, Makes they don't it get difficult. it. Yep. Yeah. So it almost should be the reverse because it's like the American Cancer Society, they're doing okay. And, and you know, a lot of these groups and organizations get a lot of money. They do get a lot and, of money, and it's easier for them to do have big galas and things like that and raise millions of dollars in one evening, where some of you know local nonprofits that are trying to do work in you know and aren't necessarily known or on that level. I mean, it's a struggle to raise thousands of dollars, and right. so it's just kind of like. You know, I feel like it should almost be the reverse, not to change the subject. No, but you, but, but no, I'm but glad I get you, exactly I'm glad what you you're added, saying. Yeah, I'm glad you added that perspective because right. that is what happens in this right. in, in right. that world. Right. right. You know right. what I mean? So and especially when you look at it, when you take everything that you just said and then you add the element of it makes us look good if we give money to this to this uh, black organization. Uh-huh. And you add that element to it, too. They just writing they just writing checks to the big folks. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And a lot of times that money may not necessarily go look at some of these. I'm not trying to knock nobody and I'm not going to say nobody by name, but go look at some of these nonprofit organizations and go look at their overhead. Look at their overhead because you can see most of their budgets, right? Because they got to put that stuff out right, there right. because they're nonprofits. Right. So go look at some of their, go look at some of their, uh, their, their, their overhead compared to the money that actually hits the community. I guarantee you, many of you are going to be shocked that some of your favorite organizations yep. are spending hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars paying the people to run the organization mm-hmm. instead of putting that money in to doing so what the organization right. is supposed, supposed to, do. to do. So, so that, so the NFL, like. To me, until I see you actually be like, that stuff actually hits the community, they're doing the same thing that we see all the time. Write a big check and make the darkies go away. And on that note, we got to go because we definitely went over time there. All show. So we will see you guys next week here on Necessary Roughness. (laughs) Peace. The FCB Radio Network, first-class broadcasting worldwide. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.